ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. We've got a mega, mega big show today because we are Wrestling Chat with Friends. We are joined by a bunch of our friends. We are joined by the original friend. Shout out to Megan Heel and Heels. Megan, welcome back to the show. How are you feeling, buddy? Uh, exhausted? <laughs> EJ the Collector is here, and we are joined by our one of our favorite guests of all time, Doug. What is up, EJ? How are you feeling? And then, Doug, how are you feeling? I am here. I am present. I am accounted bull, and I'm accounted for. I'm all that. I'm really excited to be here since we have such a packed show. I'll get Collector's Corner out of the way real quick. Chris Jericho. Ooh, that's nice. Isn't that cool? He's got two jackets. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny and Hangman when they were a tag team. Mm. And I picked this up the other day because my favorite website, Ringside Collectibles, had a sale. The Brody King. Oh. And the negative one. R-I-P. And negative one. That's great. Yep. I got well, that one for Langston, and Negative One now does like really wild stuff during the little matches that he puts on, but he's always up to some like tomfoolery. Shout out to Negative One. Shout out. I will tell you this, and we talk about this quite a bit, EJ, but it is that time of year, Black Friday, Cyber, Cyber Monday, Giving Tuesday. There's been a lot of sales when it comes to uh, AEW figures, some of the originals, some of the things you can go back and get. So if you're into that, like my son is, I know you are, EJ, I'm looking behind you, make sure you check that out because they are they are available. Like you know, there's mm-hmm. your local GameStop, you can find some things. So it's exciting. Doug, my man, lots to talk about today. I know I was... T- I was texting Doug, like there's there's very few people I text during this this time period of my life. But I was like when I when the when the news broke, I had to text Doug. Doug, how are you feeling, my man? Good. It's funny because I've got I've got a bunch of friends who I was expecting to text me, and none of them did, but you did. And then do you know um do you know B Rice, Middle yeah. Atlantic Jams? Yeah. yeah, he was texting me too. Yeah, no, both it's... of you and I was just like, Man, this is wild. I'm talking to these two guys about punk. This is wild, and that's what we are talking about. Uh, like we've been gone on hiatus pretty much for the holiday and a couple of couple of weeks, and it's awesome because I've done three podcasts. This is my third podcast in three days, and I'll tell you why. It's all about trying to figure out all of these crazy angles surrounding the return of CM Punk. So if you listen to us on Tuesday, you can go back. It's everywhere podcasts are available. EJ hosted the WCWF show, and we tackled Punk from a WWE angle. Tonight, we're going to tackle Punk from an AEW angle. And no better place to start than our favorite heel with heels. You have had very strong opinions about CM Punk over the last two years, his Mm -hmm. entire AEW run. Now that he obviously was dismissed the way he was dismissed in AEW, that run is over. Mm-hmm. The new run has begun in WWE. What What is your just overall, before we get into the minutia, what's your overall top line thoughts when you heard the news that he broke into, he's back and he walked into Survivor Series? Um, I can't remember the exact quote, but I'm going to forever default to mox on this one what was it weak mind weak body fragile ego fragile spirit like you can't be the dude that's like i'm never going back it's the worst company ever and then show back up and give a whole second i'm home i'm back speech we heard this two years ago in chicago The game is over. The game is tired. His body is tired. Bro can't keep up. I imagine first, second, third match, maybe first crowd dive. He'll be injured again. Um, Good for WWE. They can make some money. Like, happy for them. Um, But I don't think it really means anything for AEW, right? Like I think Cody leaving and going to WWE hurt more than what happened with Punk. Um, it was weird. Cause I think it was like, it was either like Hunter, like somebody over there when he first signed with AEW, their answer, like when somebody asked them about it, the answer was, well, he's their problem now. Right back at you, fam. <laughs> like y'all deal with that. Y'all well, enjoy that. We'll see what happens. 
Interesting. I'm gonna jump right over to Doug and ask the same question. When the when when it happened, when it is officially the music breaks, cult of personality breaks, he walks out there. What was your initial reaction to the return of punk? And in turns, kind of what do you think it means for it? Oh, I guess my my initial thought was, you know, Hunter really or Triple H, he really likes to do these like post credit, like when that graphic mm-hmm. comes up in the corner. He loves to do those surprises like right after because I'm pretty sure the Bray Wyatt return happened in like a very similar fashion, just like last second of the pay-per-view. So like, I mean, that's good for him to keep you like engaged to the very end. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I rolled my eyes when I saw that he had come back. I rolled my eyes even. I mean, I watched Raw on Monday. It was a chore to get through. It was rough to get through that. And to he, I, I have a lot of people who – are extremely pro CM Punk. They love everything that they that he does, and even they were like, it was the the tamest promo imaginable. And to to the point already stated, him saying "I'm home" is just absurd. We're like, he was talking crap about this company a year ago, mm-hmm. a year ago. So like this whole like, oh well, he's changed. Why are we gonna hold things that he said like nine years in a podcast against him? No, no, dude has been saying this for the past two years too. He has never stopped. Vince McMahon got kicked out of the company, and he said it was still the same company. So mm-hmm. the same stooges running it. So nothing's changed except one company fired you, and now your ego is so fragile that you have to go repair that. Um, I will say, though, in, in all truthfulness, this does hurt AEW in a perception business. Mm-hmm. Only in that regard. The product, I think, is better without him. I think Collision collision was good when he was on it but i could see it very very clearly heading towards problems because it was so insular because he could only work with x amount of people after a couple months they would go through everything and it would be stale so and i'm not saying that collision is is like a great show now because like tony khan has proved that he can't really be stretched too thin booking wise but i don't think cm punk in AEW hurts their product but him being with wwe him making you know big ratings jumps in wwe that perception hurts aew too it does make them look second rate which makes them then look low rent okay Mm -hmm. i agree though that cody was a bigger loss but you know at the same point too both cody and punk leaving for the product it doesn't really hurt that much when people forget when cody left people were kind of done with him in aew crowds Mm -hmm. were turning on him because he refused to turn heel his wife was mucking up the tv with these terrible segments so and, and yeah, he went out with a banger match against Sammy Guevara. That was great, but you know, I just I don't really see that it hurts the product either of them, but it definitely hurts perception. I, I'm going to jump in and just say I know we're going to go around the circle. I completely agree. However, I think in five to six months, a oh, little person. I think in. We love little two to five to six months. Whenever he burns his final bridge there and they fire him as well, which I'm I would not be surprised if it happens. Um, I think it'll be kind of like an I told you so kind of moment. The same way that when like Tony had to fire him, which I don't know if you guys saw or not, but like it came out this week that Brian Danielson was part of that like committee that made that decision, Mm -hmm. right? Which you can't, there is not a more respected wrestler in the game. Well, it's and, been funny seeing people spin that though, mm-hmm. that like Danielson felt he was forced to do it's like he, he was, he had a vote. It was a committee. He could have voted. No, mm-hmm. I don't know if you can force Brian Danielson to do anything. Yeah, I know. He's a goat. He's <laughs> but a goat. point being, I do believe like, I, I feel you in like the perception and what it looks like or whatever. But if anybody is, if anybody's following wrestling, they know, I think it, it hurt more with Cody because it was a choice, right? Yeah. Somebody oh, yeah. that started the company, he chose to leave. And yeah, you're right. People were done with him and especially Brandy, God bless her. Um, but um, with CM Punk, he got fired. It's not like he was like, oh, I don't want to be here anymore. Blah, 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 blah. The only good thing that came out of CM Punk's run is his little gift from the all in scrum that I get to use now when I'm at school and the kids are getting on my nerves or it's like, I'm old, I'm hurt. I'm tired. I work with effing children. <laughs> That's the only good thing that came out of his run for me. Was well, an I mean, he, he, he elevated MJF. Let's, let's be real. He did. He mm-hmm. elevated him 
I mean, it, it, you could argue that MJF still would have gotten there at some point. I think you would have. But it, it yeah. definitely happened quicker. That that feud was straight fire. I Because I agree with what you said earlier that he's definitely it has a weak body. It's only a countdown before he gets injured. Most mm-hmm. likely yep. injured doing something stupid that's not in of the ring. Um, but he still did that with MJF, and it just sucks that it went out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, would you have – this is an interesting question that a bunch of people have asked me. Would you respect CM Punk mm-hmm. more if he had gone to TNA? I just feel like he's trying to get a check no matter where he goes, right? Um, and I don't think TNA could have paid him enough. But, it like, again, it's all about ego. And, like, showing up at, like, a C, D tier program um, isn't I, – I didn't think that was ever going to happen. Even I mean, I, I didn't really – apparently they made a huge money offer to him, too. So it just would have been interesting. I still – I mean, I, it just would have been interesting if he was who he says he is and the person that he's been saying that he is for the past two years, him going to TNA made sense. He could have built that up. He could have changed the culture, made it what it wants, and then mm-hmm. proved his AEW critics right. Going back to WWE, all he proves is that he has no morals. Yeah. That's all he proves. Uh, Elliot, Elliot is our... He, my, let me let me. I'm gonna turn my video off so I can pre- eat, so I don't die. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Let me preference this. Let me preference this. Uh, EJ is probably the more sympathetic ear to understanding the psyche of CM Punk on this panel. So I'm gonna go ask you the same question. Well, I know we talked about this at nauseum on Tuesday, EJ, but from an AW perspective. What do you think the return of CM Punk? Means? Cheats has been the best twelve minutes of WCWF we've we've ever had. <laughs> two two guests that absolutely just cooked. Kudos to both of you all for your takes. Hard to argue. How am I a guest? I I help build this house, man. I've just been gone for minutes. Relax, relax. You are not relax, wrong. Relax, you are not wrong. Relax, four pillars. <laughs> Doug, uh, reclaim our spot. Hard, hard to argue with any of the points you, you you both made. I am a sympathetic punk fan, mostly because just as I sort of said, this has been the best ten minutes we've had in a long time. He generates a lot of talk, a lot of emotion, a lot of passion, good and bad. That is one of we're talking about pillars. That's one of the pieces of being a successful professional wrestler slash sports entertainer um those are not exactly interchangeable um but they require a little bit of all that um yeah his ego likely would have prevented him from going to tna although i agree with doug that that's sort of the voice of the voiceless he's always uh, proclaimed to be i would say he didn't just walk back into wwe wwe had to show interest and motivation in having him and feel him out too. So like a lot of things with his demise with AEW, the brawl out, the all in incident, there are other people involved in the, you know, catering of and being a causation sometimes of his behavior, how he has behaved has been bad. Physical violence is never the thing. So really how does this apply to AEW? What's done is done, and if you believe what, if past is prologue, as you two do, Punk is going to not come out looking good in WWE, get fired, get hurt, and that a, a divorce like he had with AEW, if he has that with WWE, I think that is going to be significant and damaging to WWE because the the professional company, the A number one made the call to bring him in and then couldn't control him and had, and that's just those it's ugly for everybody. It's over and done with, with AEW. There's nothing you can do about it. Tony should move on his, he really shouldn't be brought up in conversation. He really has no application, I think to the present or future anymore, but it should be taken as lessons learned and lessons applied because CM Punk is in my opinion, pretty low down on the priorities list of AEW's issues right now. And it's not the wrestling product. The wrestling product is fantastic. If you're a wrestling fan, I I don't get how anyone could not be excited about what's going on right now. Tony clearly now has a seemingly a, well, a current vision, you know, came in as being an alternative. It's sort of always been an alternative, but 
as to Doug said, at times it's looked a little low rent. Their their rooms their rooms aren't always full, which who cares? That's that's Tony and Tony's accountants' problems, but it doesn't bode well for television sometimes. And to have a successful product that succeeds on TV, which Tony wants to do, those are things that have to be adjusted. But talent storyline, he has Tony as long as he re retains complete control over everything. He's got the tools to work with, but it's to be effective management. And the real quote, I mean, the, but the number one glaring issue is, and I didn't think it was going to be this for a long time. I said for a long time, $300,000 for collision, $600,000 for dynamite. That's fine. Warner Brothers Discovery is happy with it. Tony's spending a lot of money. It's all good. They don't have to compete with WWE. This week, there's been a lot of talk about that not being the case. Because WWE, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery seems to be in line to bid on WWE for television rights. AEW has not had secured a television deal now. I have a concern as a fan of their great product for the first time ever that the future is murky. And that's kind of what I want to talk about since this is an AEW show is the, the, the challenges the opportunities, but also, of course, I want to talk about the wrestling content we've been seeing. But all this kind of goes to say, punk is almost a non-issue for AEW anymore, and that's how it should be. Well, I, I I understand that, and we will talk about some of that. All of it, some of it does have to tie in with just the timing of the punk decision, especially the future of AEW and the future of television. We talked a lot about that on Tuesday, but let let me ask this because I've been long. Um, stated on this show and, and, and some other podcasts as well. It, it, the, the competition word or the battle between AEW and WWE, it's, it's not really a competition until like the other team wins. Uh, I've always said that it's like, you've heard it before in basketball. It's not really a series until the other team wins. It's not re really a rivalry until the other, other team gets some victories. Now we look at this in November, going into December of 2023. And you've got Cody, Jade Cardgill, Brian Pillman Jr., and now um, CM Punk. Uh, now CM Punk, uh, who uh, you know, in Cody and CM Punk cases, they were kind of returns to WWE. But in the same, in, in the vein, it was very one-sided at one point. All of the WWE NXT talent coming over to AEW and Tony Khan making a big deal of it. Now you've got you know AEW talent that was kind of prominent on television going over to wwe and triple h making a big deal of it are we seeing a little bit more of a shift i'll ask you doug first in the level of what we call competition you know i know uh, wwe's long denied it but is it is it becoming that, that's real? A good that's a good question and it was it was actually going to lead into something i was i was going to bring up first though uh, not on the talent but you brought up it's not a, a series, you know, you talk about best of seven series. It's not really a series. It's not a competition to one side wins. I would argue that AEW had a big win with the, the Wembley show. You know, whether whether you think yep. that was the most, like, the yep. most attended show. Yeah, like, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Most paid attendance in yeah. pro wrestling. Absolutely. So, like, they, they, they already, they, I feel like it is a competition. Now, if we're, I mean, if you just look at TV ratings, no, it's not a competition. But it, it, in other yeah. factors, I think it has been. As opposed to the talent. You know, I still it, – it's been months, and I still – I don't really care about Jade Cargo leaving. I mean, I think it is like a perception blow, but the fact that she still hasn't done anything with WWE and she's still at the PC right now for them, I think that kind of shows that AEW used her as much as they could right now. Now, does that mean that WWE will, will help her advance? Maybe, but like I don't I don't see it as a big deal. I do think though that there's a lot of people leaving, and I think there's gonna be a lot more. Ricky Starks has one foot out the door. Like I I, I don't yep. it, there's nobody in AEW more blatant than him, except maybe FTR, except for the fact that FTR just re-signed a new deal in March. So they're stuck unless they start punching people too, which I mean they might. They might get that text, but I think the, punching the big... or pulling a gun out on the side of the road. Uh, well, they could. <laughs> They've they already could, done that. They could also throw a chair at somebody and then bite them too. So there's that option too. I think the biggest, honestly, and this can be like the hot take. You can put this on the crawl right here. I, I, I'm well, doing, I'm I ready. think that in the grand scheme of things, 
QT Marshall leaving this week is a bigger story than CM Punk because it it, it multifaceted several layers. One, it's kind of it's come out that he left because he was banned from Collision because of CM Punk, but Tony Khan took the heat. And that's why QTV kind of silently went away and Hobbs went off and did his own thing. And I think both sides, people who hate Punk and people who love Punk, both sides will agree QTV sucked. Will a powerhouse Hobbs deserve better? But the oh, fact yeah. that but the fact that Tony handled it the way he did made QT Marshall then disgruntled and then had him leave. I think the the like the butterfly effect of CM Punk, all his actions have left people really disgruntled within AEW, even those who don't agree with CM Punk. So I think there might be a lot more people that we don't even know about that want to get out of there because they just, they're fed up with the company. On the flip side, his statement was really weird in that he talked about how the direction of the company wasn't necessarily something he was aligned with anymore. But then he said that he, they want to be more like new Japan. I think most people would agree that a lot of WWE, uh, AEW's faults lately have been trying to be too much like WWE instead of being their own thing. So it's interesting to hear a different take from somebody who's there saying, no, they're trying to be too much like New Japan. So it just it shows how it, no matter what your perception is of AEW when you watch it, it's very clear that the product is not focused. It's not what it needs to be, and it's not what it has been. And I think those are very important things. Megan is back on TV because I know Megan wants to weigh in on this. Two things, Megan: QT Marshall leaving, and and what that means as well. I I, I actually want I do I did want to noodle in on this as well, so I'm glad Doug you brought it up because there's some things that even happened last night that I want to readdress. But Megan, QT Marshall leaving, big deal, not a big deal. What do you if think? If we add QT to the list you gave earlier, that is two out of five of those people that can actually wrestle. Let's be real. Like QT and Cody are the only ones that could put on a good match. QT can put on a really, really good match. And like, I'm not deep in the, the dirt sheets right now because I'm grading essays and trying to write my masters. But um, one of the things I did see is that like, he really wanted to be more of like the on-screen talent. And I think when he went down to AAA in Mexico and got that championship, like he got bit by the bug and he was like, yo, I want to be back on screen. I want to wrestle. And I think what QT's role always should have been, I mean, like he can put on a good match. I'll give him that. Like QT really can go, but like his role should have been what it, what it was at the beginning, which is, you know, nightmare factory, bringing these young guys in, training them up. He doesn't have the charisma to be, uh, like a star on TV, but he can put on a good match, right? Yeah. So, like, do your job, bro. I don't know where he thinks he's gonna go. Maybe to WWE, but I mean, they're not. Gonna, I don't see them using him in the way that he wants to be used. Yeah, I don't. I, do, I don't either. That's a good point. He's old. He he can't go on the mic, right? And he kind of is followed by this. I don't know if it was like Brandy and them and or Cody. I don't know how what happened, but because he's an amazing wrestler. But even when he has like somebody else like Harley or whoever, like people doing like kind of the talking for him, he's he's just he's a charisma suck. Like it it sucks all the air out of the room. And even though I can enjoy his matches, like he wants to go somewhere and be a face. His whole ass job was to just show up, be a heel, put on a good match, but eat the pin, and then go home. And, like, you could have sat there and collected money for, shit, next 10, 20, 30 years. Look at some of these guys. That's like, the best crawl I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> like, you, as soon as you – the QTTV, QTV or whatever, was so good when he was gone. Harley, Johnny TV, even Aaron Solo. I loved them when he was gone. As soon as he came back, I was like, no, I don't want to watch this. So I don't know. Like, and as far as Jade and Brian Pillman Jr., who was checking for Brian Pillman Jr.? Yeah, nobody was. Nobody stands for him. Nobody. Um, Jade is, she's got a great look. She's, she's very charismatic. She can go on the mic, but I mean, they had Brian Danielson training her 
and she was still she couldn't go she couldn't go she didn't have the i don't know what it is like she didn't have the cardio she ain't have the body for it. i don't i don't know i don't know what what is missing maybe she will get it in the in the performance training center but let all these people keep going free up some money cuz mercedes monet's foot's going to start feeling better real soon and i don't think she's going to go anywhere other than maybe like doing some sort of partnership with new japan and AEW because she's expressed pretty clearly and showing up at all in. I think that if her foot hadn't have been hurt, she'd have been here already. Oh yeah. Can't wait. EJ, QT Marshall, QTV. There's been a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. I'll what do you think here? Bigger deal. Than I'll try to cover it all. Kind of. It's a, it's definitely, it's going to have bigger ramifications than punk leaving. As I, as I said earlier, not a whole lot that AEW can do now that punk's gone except mention him occasionally in their lineage of championships and MJF can drop his name during a promo every once in a while. I think MJF's really the only one who's going to be allowed any reign to even vaguely mention not only CM Punk, but even WWE going forward. No one, you know, AEW gets accused a lot of taking a lot of shots at WWE. And I guess they have at times, but not a whole lot do it other than MJF. And, and MJF does it sort of... MGF does it pretty lightly, and I think my personal belief is that that's one of the things that I think is entrusted in MGF because he is their top guy and should be thought of as such going forward. He's being given that sort of role, the sort of because there is no doubt ratings, revenue, exposure, impact. You know, three hundred and fifty to six hundred and fifty thousand. People out there are diehard AEW fans and are going to watch somewhere in that range. A lot of them also watch WWE regularly. The problem is there's another million and a half to two million wrestling fans out there that just aren't being intrigued by the AEW product to be able to enjoy two different products. And because they're the same thing, of course, they're competition. Again, yeah. My concern with this TV deal, and again, my most important factor is how can I best watch this stuff that entertains me? And I do not put it, while I think WWE has never seen AEW as true competition, even though Vince isn't there anymore, Triple H isn't going to miss an opportunity, and certainly someone like Nick Khan or a shark like Ari Emanuel to put their foot on the throat of the competition and snuff them out. And that's what makes me concerned about this Warner Brothers discovery deal is if they have an opportunity to do that, where if a, if AEW, if this all goes the worst way and AEW ends up going, being the one that goes to Amazon, I'm going to watch it. Of course I am. All four of us are still going to consume it. But part of having a wrestling company is growing an audience. And um, I concern my concern is how, is how you effectively do that. QT Marshall, as we know from our friend Kelsey, who's a graduate of the Nightmare Factory, he's one of the coaches down there. So he's had this close relationship with Cody. And after Cody left, Nightmare Factory was a quasi-feeder factory to AEW. Not everyone kind of hit there, but most of the ones who went <laughs> to Julia Hart was there um, and a couple of others. Um our, our WCW guest Shoe Taylor, Taylor was there, and Shoe Taylor's been on AEW. He was more on Dark and Elevation, hasn't been on recently, but yep. yeah. Um, so I guess when thinking about it, it's not entirely surprising that if QT and Cody are pals, this opportunity came up. Um, I would just like to see QT in a role in WWE at the Performance Center or running into the Nightmare Factory, like Megan, like. Which, which he publicly said he doesn't well, want to mm -hmm. Then deferring to Megan, I think everything she said about QT is right. He's not someone who would be a compelling character on TV if he – if he, I mean, I don't think it would work out that way for him. So his options, I think, will be more limited than he maybe thinks right now. Absolutely. I think, there, uh, I think there's some telling things about the QT Marshall um, departure and his release, right? Mm -hmm. And some of it has to do with some of the things that Doug and, and some others have already mentioned. And what I mean by that is the people, the wrestlers that we know are extremely close to Cody Rhodes. Our QT, who's his co-founder, partner at the Nightmare Factory. Ricky Starks is a close personal friend of Co Cody, and we know that. He was backstage at one of the PLEs at WWE just to cheer him on. Um, he's been featured 
um, you know, in his um, you know reality show with Brain. Like according to according to Jade Cargill's um, Instagram, he the two of them were hanging out recently, like two days ago. Yeah, no, they're they're they are close friends. They have been for a long time, and so the interesting thing is, the it is pretty clearly stated now that um, his creative role, his role in the company of AEW. At one point, he was on QT was like Tony Khan's right hand guy. Uh, and and once Cody left, like this kind of started when Cody left, he got diminished. He, you know what I mean. His, his influence got diminished. His creative got diminished, and so forth, to the point now where uh, you know he he feels comfortable leaving and saying so forth. Ricky Starks is a person where I do think AEW was trying at some point. Never, we all talked about it on this show. They never really figured out how to how to completely put him over. The way that we wanted to put them up. There were times though where we saw so many seeds of like this is Ricky Stark's time. And it's a classic kind of AEW thing where it's this is Stark's time, this is Stark's and Hobbs time, and they just figure out how to fumble that that push. And they had it. Like there was there were times in the last year and a half where Ricky Starks was by far the most popular face in on a show, on a dynamite. He got the biggest pop. He was the guy that like was, what? you know, moving We're like the needle. What, three months from him headlining Grand Slam. Mm-hmm. Ex- yeah. So yeah, exactly. So Again, it's, against it, 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 your boy. Yeah. So so the point, like my point is, it. I, I thought it was really telling. One of the, the other things that I do think is telling, and it's if it holds true, because it it held true last night uh, on Dynamite. And I and I and I'm very I'm more fearful of this what I'm about to say than the TV deal EJ which is which is probably you know the thing we should all be the most fearful of. But QT Marshall said Tony Khan wants to go in a direction that focuses on matches and more round robin tournaments like New Japan, and we do know his affinity for New Japan and that type of style of wrestling, and we do know how New Japan has been very successful with. You know, tournaments, uh, you know, tournaments leading to championships, kind of clean finishes in these tournaments were real, round robin type of it's just a, just a staple of that company for a very long time. The tournaments are a big deal. Wrestlers come from overseas across the pond just to enter, you know, this, you know, G1, whatever. You know what I mean? Last night, after kind of taking all the information that we know and looking at the direction and QT and so forth, I did two things. I watched Dynamite last night, and then I watched one of my favorite early-on Dynamites that came on TV, basically the Dynamites when they were introducing factions like the Pinnacle early on. And we were all going crazy about how great it was. It is a completely different show. Last night's show, you can really see that it was focused on the round-robin tournament, three of the matches, uh, Roosh, Briscoe, Swerve, Jay Wright was the main event. Those are all bangers. They're great match. Moxley, Jay Lethal. They're amazing matches, but the story around those matches are yeah. is the tournament. There's no. There's That's no been story AEW's mantra for about a month now. This tournament and this tournament is getting a lot of praise. Right. And if you're if you're a wrestling no. fan, these these, these collision dynamites me, have been awesome. Go. Allow me to continue because I get what you're saying. But if you went back. And listen to uh, watch rewatch some of those earlier AEW shows when they were like first, not just when they first come on TV, but when they were first really trying to carve out creative. And in our minds, a lot of it was led by Jericho because Jericho was so much more, and what Jericho was doing was so much more like centered um, early on. But it was different. the The montage and the vignettes were different. the The way that they approached and engaged the young, the way they tried whether it's successful or not, to kind of tell stories and build factions was something where we would look at it and be like, we haven't either seen this in a really long time or we were really excited about it. This is what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned that outside of what we're talking about, the hardcore wrestling fan, they're not going to, There's if there's no storytelling, like very little storytelling, that allow that this kind of shift allows us to do because the story is going to be the tournaments and the matches. I think that's a more troubling future than some of the other. I need to push back yeah. on that for a minute, though. 
because Good. we just had Hangman and Swerve who put on possibly one of the best death matches that's been on TV. And I say that as a full-blown Mox Mark, right? Like, what they put on was insane. We have yeah, I'm not complaining about the match. I'm not complaining the about the story, match. But the story there was amazing, too, right? Like, Swerve pulling him out of, like, the face, you know, hero role or whatever, trying to take his spot, going into his house and stuff like that. And I don't think that story is done. The Adam Cole... MJF, Devil, like there are a lot of things happening. And I think like perhaps because the tournament is so like center kind of focused right now and that's like kind of where everybody's putting their attention. But like there's shit going on with Yuta. Like I keep cussing. I'm sorry, guys. It's been a long day. Um, There's stuff with Yuta and, and like there's stuff with Garcia. And like, I don't know if you guys have been catching these like backstage promos that Garcia is doing after the matches and stuff. There's Eddie's whole story of like, I put my life work on the line and now like, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing as good in the tournament. Like, I think there are stories happening, but it's kind of like wild to me that like the reason I think AEW does so well why does that keep going across the skull? Yes. That's the best <laughs> quote. <laughs> um, there is going on with Yuta. Um, but I think one of the reasons like that AEW does well against WWE, which I haven't watched in a very, very long time, but I tuned in just, I didn't, I didn't watch live, but like I watched the clips or whatever of CM Punk coming back. Right. But like, I don't need an, a 90 minute show to be, 70 minutes of story and people talking back and forth. I want to watch wrestling. And I was one of the first people on the, on this podcast. I was one of the first people on the Ricky Starks train. Right. And I thought you were the first, first. you were the, I was there first. Um, and so maybe I'll be the first to jump off. Right. (laughs) Is amazing. He can go in the ring. He does have charisma. But he's not ready. If you watch back, not ready for the main scene. If you watch back some of his promos, he's stumbling over his words. He's not connecting with the audience as well as he should be. I just like, I I don't know if he's there yet. And like, he is amazing. I'm loving what he's doing with Big Bill. But like some of the times that they've given him an opportunity to go, I was like, this is it. This is the moment. This is, this is his, it's time to be a legend moment, especially after the stuff happened with CM Punk. Right. But if you actually separate yourself from that moment, go back and watch that promo. It's not that good. The most endearing part of it for me was when he talked about big bill and what big bill had been through. The rest of the time he was stumbling over his words. He he wasn't super connecting. So, I mean, I don't know if it is because he's checked out, but from where he was at the beginning when he was hungry and pushing the stuff from him, like on his YouTube, like he was posting little YouTube vignettes and stuff like that. I think he, he his looks amazing. His in-ring work is is very, very good, but they have given him the ball and I don't know how much of that is on AEW, right? Like some of that's on Ricky. Like he, if he can't get through a promo without a blah, 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 like. I'm going to say, I'm going I'm to say two. This is fascinating. This is a fascinating 180. I'm going to say two Stars. words, two <laughs> words to counter and to really support Megan's uh, argument. How are you countering and supporting? I'm sorry. Yeah. What's going on Ricky Swerve Starks? Strickland. Yes. They they had barely gave. I mean, they've sort of given Swerve the ball. Swerve had grabbed that ball. He took it. He took it. Not just with the Hangman match, but everything that he did with Darby. Uh, prior to that, Swerve should be looked at as 1A with mm-hmm. MJF going into 2024. There is, there is op- Tony has, has been handed and has been given and has himself worked himself into a lot of opportunities in the next year. And that's why my advice to Tony would be focus like you have never focused before because you have MJF, you have Swerve Strickland, and in a couple of months you're going to have you're going to have Will Ospreay the you know on the better the currently in my opinion the best wrestler on the planet mm-hmm. in total. Daniel 
Brian Brian Danielson's obviously up there, although he's his career is going to wrap up in a year. And MJF with his wrestling ability and his mic work probably is right. Is those are your top three overall? You, I mean, talk about. I mean, that's how they're. I'd say AEW is true competition. They snagged Will Osprey. They presumably have kept MJF. They signed Jay White. So, MJ, we were talking a few months ago how M, how WWE was missing on a lot of these swings they were taking with getting some talent, their inability to get Mercedes Monet back. I don't think CM Punk has influenced this. Now suddenly Mercedes Monet going back to WWE feels slightly more possible since you've seen Punk go back. Um, well, anything's possible, right? Right. The, the specter of damage control versus the four horsewomen at WrestleMania, that can get anybody's juices flowing. So I'm not sold yet that Mercedes is going to AEW, although I'd argue it's the best fit for her. But is that going to matter if Tony doesn't refocus on the women's division and give them their due propers too? There's a, I mean, Julia Hart, bro. Like you guys keep saying, there's no story. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying this was amazing. I don't are, think Sabu's uh, ready yet, so they need to pause on that shit. I'm, oh my god. Oh um, yeah, I love, I love this. There are storylines, but you know, Tony Storm is another good example. I'm, oh, timeless I'm, Tony Storm. Yeah, there are things, but like a lot of start and stops in that le- in that company, I can also see them dropping the ball on this after a couple of weeks too, and just. We're all we're talking about is what Doug said earlier. Tony has spread himself very, very thin creatively. And if you're running, if you're running a low rent organization, it's fun. But if you're trying to be a major wrestling promotion and a true number two, which I know they're capable of being a lot better than this, it just a lot of things have to fall back into place. So CM Punk blow down on their many list of current issues. Um you know, not to, you know, not to mention they ought to probably move to smaller buildings. I don't know. You know there's just a lot of observations you can take from it, but the TV product and by that way, the fans would increase if the TV product looked better. If you're just into wrestling, it's fantastic. But wrestling is only one piece of it. The overall production on TV to attract fans who otherwise aren't invested hasn't clicked yet with AEW. Doug, if you're Tony Khan, do you what do you take? If you're Tony Khan, put yourself in Tony Khan's um, you know, body and shoes and position. You're you're going into December first and in the first quarter. You're wearing a red sweater, a red scarf. What you're full of cocaine. What and do coffee. you do? <laughs> what do you do with AEW? Uh, if you've got the first next four months with AEW, what I don't do know you that do? You can- takes it in four months that's a good question because here's the problem um you know we're we're, we're sitting here we're kind of de- debating like storylines and whatnot and to me it's not like i think the tournament is gonna it, we already talked about you know eddie kingston storyline in the tournament they're already kind of talking about mox being hurt for the tournament these are things that new japan has kind of perfected over the years with the g1 is that the the nature of the matches and the results inherently make storylines that you can then play off of for years to come. That's how it worked with Omega. That's how it worked with Ibushi. So you can do that. But I think the problem is, is that that's one way to present stories, but they're also still presenting stories in a WWE way. And you can't really do both the way that they do them because then it just makes everything kind of look disjointed. And I'll give you a better example too. We, you know, we were talking about the women's division and talking about the lack of storylines there, but then we bring up timeless Tony Storm and Julia Hart. Look, I think both of them are doing fantastic and they they've elevated their game. However, a gimmick is not a storyline. And that's that that that's yeah, what I'm like getting that, at. A gimmick is see, not a storyline. Honestly, line. if you really go back and look at it, Tony has historically been very bad at storylines. He's just more been willing to pivot when gimmicks are getting hot. Mm-hmm. He pivoted with the acclaimed and got them the titles when they were getting hot. He's done it with uh, Tony Storm now. So he's very good Smart. in that regard, but he can't really yep. build storylines. The one big storyline that the company has built, which would be the Hangman Saga, had started before AEW was even a thing. And most of that was kind of culminated, uh, germinated on a YouTube show yeah. that a fraction of the, the TV audience watches. I don't know of m- many other storylines. I mean, I obviously the Punk and MJF storyline I think was great. 
but I don't think that there's a lot of other storylines that have necessarily been that great. It's more of, hey, these guys had a great match, and in two years we're going to run it back and hope you remember, which is not a bad way to do it, but then you have to commit to that style as a, like New Japan does and not try and do WWE stuff. And when I mean WWE stuff, I mean like this devil angle. Watching that devil angle last night – it made me feel like aces and eights from TNA. It was very low like, rent, and like retribution from the from, yeah, from exactly. WWE. It, it, yeah, it, it was just it's just yeah. very low rent. Very but you know, but you know what? That's that's got my attention more than a lot of the other things too. Because what are you, you going to do if Jungle Perry is under that mask? Though? I'm going to I'm going to flip the I'm going to freak the f out. I will because, freak out if he comes out to cry me a river by Justin Timberlake. I know they need to buy the, they need to buy the rights to that song because it would honestly just be it would be another thing just sort of the opportunity to have somebody else because i you know as a fan i can think of a dozen different possibilities better but it would be a letdown for me that doesn't mean it would be a letdown for a big part of the audience i follow i spend a lot of my time looking at a twitter audience that collectively would hate it but that's a fraction of i think to, even, total viewers. i think like no matter even for the shock value thinking long term jungle jungle boy as the devil is, is just it's just weak because nobody's clamoring just for weak. him Nobody's clamoring for him to be back. Megan, Megan had the be be Megan had the best idea that it, it's uh, what you had, Megan. That was Sean Spears, who's collecting, who's collecting a group, okay, so I know a group of MJF rejects. It would only yeah. be good if he was the mouthpiece. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that would work. But I think it's honestly. Yeah, I think it's, it's Britt. Sorry. Like she's been tweeting way too much around the whole situation. Go. Like her oh, saying man. that. Like she had all these complaints about Adam even being there, coming down. Yeah. She he set up. She said a bunch of stuff about like, oh, MJF gets a chair. Like it was all these little tiny things, and she's been gone. And if you listen to the devil laugh from the the like two shows ago, I think when they I don't. Everything runs together. Again, I'm writing yeah. to Masters. But like two shows ago when they had the devil do the laugh, mm -hmm. it it sounded like a woman's voice toned down. And I think specifically the reason they did that when Adam was in the ring was because at Full Gear, it was Full Gear that just happened, right? My brain is yeah. melting. Um, yes, at full room. gear, there was no devil reveal, but everybody was like, well, Adam was there the whole time. It's Adam Cole. It's Adam Cole. I think it's Brit. That'd be good. And I think she's going to pull like, maybe it's both of them together, but I really do think it's Brit. And I think she's pulling all the strings because for somebody who has been the face of the women's division, who stepped away from her dental practice to get in the ring and to get focus on her wrestling and to get trained up her absence is suspicious once once i got over my fever dream that the devil was going to be cm punk because <laughs> the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist and that would have been one of the greatest storylines in the history of wrestling in my opinion i think conventional wisdom has fallen back on it's adam cole the kingdom and roddy who ultimately betray mjf it's he's but with, with with now and possibly adam cole's injury has created part of this angle where brit is sort of the proxy with with adam i i was on i'm kind of currently on that brit and adam as a combo trained together um last night would would suggest that wardlow might be part of that pack too um because you know the the body type body structure of one of the guys and his hair week. was all mussy when he came out right afterwards. <laughs> you know i doubt we'll find we'll get any big reveal next week but there's finally going to be a, a, a long interaction mm -hmm. with the, with two of them or three of them against MGF and Samoa Joe, who in and of themselves are having a great storyline as well. So there are some really great storylines, and uh, you know I'm great. Some, Yo, some, great for me. I'm enjoying. Can I push it. back? I'm gonna push back. I, I'm, still, I'm still great. enjoying it more than I am on, than Raw and SmackDown week to week. No doubt about it. Doug, you said yeah, like uh, uh, Tony Storm isn't a story; it's a gimmick. I would argue that it, it. Did you say that, Mark? Or did no, I said it? No, because I don't think yeah. it, Doug I don't said think it. I agree. I agree. Though, line, but she has a yeah, gimmick, and gimmick. her gimmick is evolving. A genius. It a is genius. A genius okay, she is great. But where did that come from? She was with RG, the RG RG City. City. Yeah, love him. He's he's a gem. <laughs> I, I hope um, so. No. RJ City is an amazing, amazing part of it, and I'm excited about it. But the story came from her being a part of the Outcast, the Outcast starting to fall out, 
her losing her title and losing her mind. It's a Judy Garland, old Hollywood story. Like maybe it's not as in your face as you want it to be or as you expect it to be. It's a story. It's a gimmick. No, it's a story. It's a story. It's a a story if they come if they come around back to it. I think it's still a gimmick though, because I I feel like that's like it's a gimmick. It's she's never blamed. She's never blamed the outcasts for it. She hasn't called them out. She didn't blame them, but before when she first started going crazy, she was coming out to their matches. She was being disruptive. So now she has her title again, so she doesn't have anybody to mess with, right? Like she, she's the star. Well, that's the other problem. People win titles and they have nothing lined up for them as soon as they get the title. That's Tony's mo. And I'll give you one, one like thing to like really kind of wrap your head around too. We were talking about Ricky Starks earlier, and you know, honestly, like you, you know, you can debate if he's not ready or not, but honestly, I think the more important thing is that several people just lapped him, like got ahead of him, and not just Swerve, but also I think Jay White. People knew Will Ospreay was yep. most likely coming in. Mm-hmm. So people have jumped the, the gun. We have Swerve now as this really hot entity, but Swerve's in this tournament for uh, another freaking championship. And MJF is facing Samoa Joe, and there's the devil storyline. And I'm just looking at all the big picture and thinking, you know, if, Swerve's, if Swerve is not AEW champion in the next, like, three to four months, it's – it's a it's a huge whip. Perhaps the biggest whip. Uh, he he, but he's not going to. He's not. He's not going to be. He's not going to. He's not going to be AEW. He has the, to be the cap. The, the way to. I mean, unfortunately, how this capitalizes for Swerve is he's he hopefully will win this Continental Classic and become a title holder. You know, as much as I want to see MJF and Swerve, they're in very two two very different silos right now, right or wrong, and their ultimate destination is something like possibly all in in london unless it becomes mjf and will osprey i just i think swerve is is a way better will osprey's gonna but be swerve and will osprey have history so i think if somebody's gonna take i don't i agree that i don't think swerve and mjf are the best fit for a story but yeah. you don't, swerve getting some sort of like swerve and not taking the continental classic and then that chase for the belt i think is what the story is going to be but I do I think, think he will be a champion eventually. I think my bigger thing should have been if I had to go back, not Tony Khan over the next four months, but Tony Khan the previous month, Swerve should not have been in the, the Continental Classic. They should have had Swerve beats Hangman twice in a row. Swerve should get an AEW title match at World's End against MJF. The devil reveals himself, turns on MJF, costs him the belt, and then you have MJF golf to do that. And then Swerve can have this good run that ultimately culminates in Hangman finally getting the belt back because he can get his win back. Can can I say one thing? Because we're coming up on the top of the hour in just a little bit. And we were talking about gimmicks versus storylines. And I've been a little critical, obviously, of AEW's creative and storylines. However, we've gone 52 minutes and have, haven't talked about what I actually think is the best AEW storyline featuring the best heel in the entire company mm-hmm. right now. And that is the patriarch, Christian Cage, who uh, I think somebody said earlier, the only, you know, they think MJF's, yeah, I think it was EJ, he said uh, MJF might be the only person kind of willing or kind of with the free reins to take shots at, uh, at WWE. I don't think Christian Cage would do it, but this character of Christian Cage, this character of Cage, is such a heel that I think he could say anything he wants. And I, I just, this part, the Nick Wayne being my son, <laughs> Luchasaurus, like His getting on your knees. Kill switch. Thank you. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Uh, but that, what's being built mm-hmm. over there, uh, I think is actually an example of AEW doing creative extremely well, a storyline extremely well. And as Doug mentioned, all of those guys are as far away from that tournament as you could ever be. And I love it. Is, I love is it. Christian Cage the the character any different than Tony Storm the character? Is his story oh, yeah. on oh, any oh okay? It's way okay. different. I I think the only difference yeah, the only Christian difference the is the story is that you might not get as excited about it because it's two guys deep into their forties kind of doing their own thing and it's it feels very divorced not just from the tournament but from everything else in the show it kind of feels like the cody verse what people used to complain about with cody at the tail end of his career it kind of feels like that with christian edge it's really good stuff but it 
what does it mean for AEW? Like, what is it helping? Who's it helping? Well, one of those people are holding the title. That's that's a that's a Tony Khan problem. It's good. I I think it's good too. I think all of those people over there. I think it's some of the most creative things. I mean, pound for pound, I think it's the best storyline going in AEW. If you do want to bring Jungle Boy back, that's where you bring him back. Bring him back and have him save Kill Switch (laughs) from from whatever's happening. Look, I mean, the Jungle Boy's skill turn was probably like. Yeah, I that's, think it was that's terrible. the only thing. That's the only thing I would accept. I just prefer them not bring them back. Uh, although, I, I although accept. I know they are. But yeah, Jungle Boy will forever be tied to to Kill Switch. Um, that he will ref, he'll revert back to that name. But yeah, having Jack Perry didn't prove anything to me that he belonged in anything higher outside of that. Um, Jack just, Perry I got rid of CM Punk. He is the real people. <laughs> <laughs> CM Punk got rid. CM like, Punk screwed uh, CM Punk. <laughs> With all due respect, me, I might be the I might be the only one. I actually liked Hollywood Jack Perry a lot better. Me too. I thought it was dope. I, enjoy, I was I enjoyed it. it. I enjoyed it. I really I want. It. I really want. I you know, it. Hook is also someone who's been in sort of this limbo, limbo silo. Not even I think no clue if, what he's if doing. he's as talented as some people say he is, or he's looked. You know, being charismatic without saying a word—that's a—that's a good—that that's a good skill to have, and. I really would like to see him getting involved in more important storylines. Um, I kind of would hope nothing against o- Orange Cassidy. Uh, I love Orange Cassidy, but I want to see Hook's importance on par with Orange Cassidy and some of, and Ricky Starks and some of those other guys. I know he's young and green, but like that's another priority I think for 2024 to be for Tony is, you know, how to get some of these younger folks and some of these new sign folks in again. More important, better storylines that are that have more on the line, that are more compelling, and that's what wrestling is basically a reality show. And people who aren't diehard wrestling fans will get in, invested in a reality show if it's got drama, if it's got violence, if it's got you know a, a compelling uh, characters. And AEW kind of has definitely two out of three. And a little bit of all three, but they have again, they have pieces. They just need to utilize them better. And they shouldn't worry about CM Punk. They shouldn't worry about making sure that the Hardy Boys have, uh, you know, a lot of TV time. You know, I they got they have to they have to not <laughs> let Ric Flair show his face oh on, my te- God. on television. Have we haven't we haven't thing. talked about that, but like we're, that's we're a not huge, that's a, that's a huge I, miss. And a I think red, we should because a, he's right. And a red flag, if you ask me. Um, Agreed. I get what what part of the Ric Flair accompanying Sting was. What what's, what 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 part of this is the Ric Flair has I mean, too I, much baggage. I saw what happened. Absolutely. Yeah, people don't baggage. people don't want to see him. Yeah, Ric Flair mm-hmm. has has, be, has become a real now mm-hmm. parody of himself. And those the people that he's going to bring out to see what is it? Revolution is Sting's last match. Uh-huh. Is that right? It's, it's in uh-huh. Greenboro. The people that that Ric Flair is going to bring out to to the arena are going to be the people who go to that show to watch Ric Flair and Sting, and then are never going to watch AEW ever again. Like right. Ric Flair, Ric Flair really doesn't. I mean, it's good to to bring right. it full. It doesn't move the needle, but the guy's like you know on his deathbed. I know, well, but, but well, I think, people you know, on their death people on their deathbed AEW don't necessarily get to be on prime I, TV placement. And I think know, people anymore. people notice like how WWE did very little with Ric Flair over the past couple of years because of all that baggage, whereas Tony has just been, like, biding his time for the perfect opportunity to do it. Yeah, so it's just a lot of, uh, lot of red flags. CM Punk was hardly the only problem AEW had. That's my, no, that's my, that's right. my final summation. Let me ask this before we get out of here, because you had bought it up, and I'm, and I'm still trying to, to put in an understanding for myself. What do we think grows in audience? And what I mean by that is, Megan, you'd mentioned the Hangman Swerve match at full mm-hmm. gear. That match in itself, obviously, the people that watched it, there's a lot of, talk, you know, we're talking about it, match of the night or however you want to say it. Obviously, I was texting, I think, the group chat while it happened. I was like, uh, it's kind of not my thing. It's gotten like, it's one of those matches where I can't, like, I got to take my nine-year-old son and be like, yeah, you got to go in the back now. You can't watch this. That's good. Um, but the but but the question is, do you think that Swerve Hangman match does that grow the company? I think it does for a certain subset of the population. You guys, what 
what I think is going to always be an issue, at least for years to come, right, is we are comparing a company that's been around then now forever to a company that's been around for four or five years, right? Like, no, I'm not for, outside of the comparing. It was, does it match like that? Great I think company? it does for certain certain groups of people, right? I think to be 100% honest, I think Swerve is bringing in um, a lot of like new black fans that weren't interested in, in wrestling all that much before. Hangman is like the liberal darling on Twitter, right? Like, I think that these characters and this type of presentation of what they're doing is so vastly different from what the casual fan has seen on WWE that either they're going to be like grossed out by it and they don't want to be a part of it. Right. Or it's something so new, so different, so fresh that there's eyes on the story. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if it grows the the company. I, 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 got a good I answer. think it does. Good. Look at it this way. I I think it does grow the company, and here's why, in very simple terms. It grows the company in the same way that a match like Hell in a Cell between Mankind and Undertaker grow the Mm -hmm. company. Because you clearly, that was a, for its time, that was an extreme car wreck to watch that a lot of people were against, that a lot of people thought was very irresponsible. But what happened is that Mankind, Mick Foley, then became this this hero this galvanizing force for the audience so it didn't necessarily immediately bring in new fans but it made him a bigger deal and he's so compelling that he then made new fans so i think swerve's performance in that match is going to elevate him in the fans eyes and because of that the fans are going to elevate him so he's on that trajectory now mm-hmm. i hate to be the materialistic Bastard in the If you don't Go have ahead, uh, five hours of television programming on major television channels and and or and or a streaming platform, you're not going to generate any new fans. I mean, and, right. yeah. and that 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 is unfortunately because this is a this is a wrestling show, and you know we didn't used to talk about stuff like that back 25 years ago because no one knew until years later until shoot interviews that eric bischoff was spending millions and millions and millions of dollars and it was you know losing tons of money now we have lots of sites and lots of people devoted just to investigating those sort of the aspects of the sport so it's be, it's become harder to be a true wrestling fan i think but i think to be one mm-hmm. aew is that place you know and you can and and, and so is wwe you just got to kind of roll your eyes at a lot of stuff and just sort of swallow out of the circus parts of it that maybe you liked more, you know, if you started watching as a kid, which I think all this did, you're always going to like the stuff that AEW does. If you, if you liked it as a kid with these characters, as you get and when you become an adult, you know, no, no offense to TG, but I think like if all you do is watch WWE, that then like, it's still, it's not as much of a wrestling program as it is an entertainment program for you. And that's okay mm. too. So WWE, AEW should try to pick up as many laps fans as mm. it is new fans. Um, folks who maybe because there wasn't an alternative for 20 years, a lot of people who maybe got a little tired of the, of the character of that they're, they're there. If they haven't discovered AEW already, there's a pretty big, uh, there's, you know, half a million to a million fans who probably would probably enjoy that AEW product, sustain them, and then you're really competing. And, but again, that none of that matters if, you, if you're not on somewhere big to be seen regularly. I mean, we're not, we'll go ahead yeah, I, I, no, I was going to say, I, I, you know, I'm a NWA territory, WCW. You know now AEW fan obviously there the other company had a through line through through that as well. I enjoyed those other products more because I enjoyed the wrestling more aspect of it. AEW in my mind was you know something that really did return the spirit and still does to an extent of those really awesome WCW days. I think I will be interested to see if there is a shift that goes strictly more to wrestling matches and not store, not saying that they're abandoning storylines altogether, but if they focus more on like dynamite last night, 
you know, outside of advancing some of the the devil storyline at the end. I mean, like I said, the matches were were tournament matches, really locked into this kind of into this. Th- that was the big matches, right? Where the tournament matches locked in. It just seemed like a interesting kind of line that was a little bit different. Then again, I say if you go back and watch some of the earlier AEW stuff, where I felt like they were really forming uh, their own. I, I'll be, I'm going to give it grace, like we're saying, because I'm going to watch the project. I enjoyed the matches, by the way. They were Jay White, Swerve, uh, John Moxley, Jay Lethal, Mark Briscoe, Roosh. I enjoyed oh, yeah. the matches. So it's not like I didn't enjoy them. And they were clean finishes mm-hmm. for what we know as clean finishes, which we don't usually get, you know, you usually get some type of run in, you know, chaotic finish. Um, but I'll just be interested to see, cause I am um, as a person, I am not as familiar with the new Japan hi- historical products, mm-hmm. right? Like the, like the, the, the tournaments and that that will comp, comp, compete for the belts in the way that New Japan has done it, but it seems like you know folks that are familiar with that. I was talking to one of our old, uh, you know, the original WCW uh, F Ty Ty seems to you know love that style and the, the way that New Japan has always presented that. So it's really interesting. Um, I will also say, and we're we're, we're going to get out of here, but does any am I the only Mark that really still thinks that the devil is MJF? Because I do. I mean, you are I'm completely. So. But I, I really think that, I think all of the stuff that you mentioned could be in play. Like, I think wow. that Jungle Boy could be, I, I think Jungle Boy could be in the mix. I think there's an example where they take off the devil mask and it's Brett or Jungle Boy or something. But ultimately, the person at the top of the pyramid, mm-hmm. the person pulling all the strings, the person that is going to screw everyone over and still keep his belt, well, that was that was our working theory when this first began to happen. After, yeah. no, why, would, why would we deviate? No, from this? no doubt about it, because you know, if there's one thing about this amazing face run by MJF is that this guy is, and I say it every week, he is everything he says he is. He is a generational talent. He was the best heel you've seen in the last 20 years. This current character of MJF is one of the best. Has is doing a face run. It it definitely is a character because he ultimately will he will do it. I'm not sure if it'll manifest itself in this, but you know, he is going to screw somebody and, and Adam to screw them all. I think they've actually pivoted to let this play out as MJF as a face with Adam screwing him. But like down the road, MJF is going to do a a heel move and tie this all big ribbon on this to really become the heel over all this. But I don't think it's going to happen yes. quite yet. I think they're going to let this face run marinate for longer than they maybe originally planned to do. All right, guys, we're going to have to leave it there. What an exciting Great return. Show. Doug, thank, thank you, you Doug. so much. Yeah, man, like Megan. We love you. Like, the, the the pillar is returned. We're very excited about it. The question is, which pillar? Sammy Guevara pillar? Or <laughs> congratulations, by the way, to Sammy Guevara. Yeah, they had a and baby. Time they had their mm-hmm. baby. Uh, so we're very excited about that. EJ, it's been a fun week, my man. Uh, and as and we do have to credit the devil himself, CM Punk, for all of this activity. We've had a very <sighs> busy, busy. We had a busy week here on WCWF, and we'll be back next week. So, everybody, thank you for tuning in, uh, and we'll catch you next time. We are. Do you not count it out anymore?